gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Well, hello, healthy gardeners. Welcome to episode number 54, Tomato Secrets, or as Ira Gershwin may have said, tomato. In fact, he did. He's the guy that coined that wonderful phrase in the 1937 hit song he wrote with his brother George, Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. It's one of the greatest, most remembered songs of all time. It was memorialized in the 1937 film, Shall We Dance, with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Let's Call the Whole Thing Off was part of their duet on roller skates. We've all heard it. You like potato, and I like potato. You like tomato, and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. Whether you pronounce the British version of one of the world's favorite fruits as tomato, or you speak it to English, tomato, or you habla espanol, tomate, it doesn't really matter because the world loves tomatoes. I couldn't think of a better thing to podcast about this week since we just passed over into summer on Wednesday at 7.53 a.m. my time on the West Coast of America, which old Jim Morrison considered the best. You know, the West is the best. I'm sure Jim would agree if he were still here that nothing says tomato or tomato or tomate like summer. It has become one of the rock stars of fruit. If the tomatoes were a band, they would be selling out packed stadiums and concert halls all over the world nightly. According to a 2020 survey, there are 182 million metric tons of tomatoes sold every year. If I did my math right, that's 364 billion pounds. What? It freaked my calculator out so much that it spit this number out of me that was 3.64E11, which is scientific notation for a whole lot of pizza sauce. Or a whole lot of spicy arrabbiata. A whole lot of love. I want a whole lot of love. Tomatoes are big. Search the interweb for tomato books or books on growing tomatoes. And I think there were, at last count, 364 billion of those too. There are also... 364 billion tomato articles, experts, garden clubs, and chefs who specialize in, you guessed it, tomato dishes. Tomatoes are everywhere. I mean, I have them growing in my backyard right now, and I get a little miffed if any of the animals that frequent our pad don't ask me if they can take one of the Berkeley tie-dyes off of my vines. In fact, I've had some all-out wars with the critters in my yard over the wild fruit that hails from Norma's familial neck of the woods, South America. From its humble beginnings in Colombia, Bolivia, Chile, Ecuador, and Peru, this plant, this fruit, 
this way of life has taken the world by storm. We're going to get into why a little bit more in the next segment and some of the stuff I've learned growing tomatoes that most of the experts don't talk about. And that's in the last segment, which is where I usually share the gardening tips if you're just joining us for the first time. In case you haven't already figured it out, this is not a typical gardening podcast per se, but a show on health and well-being, the environment, food safety, history, your safety, real organic gardening, and stuff that we think really just needs to be said. I'm a former landscape designer and builder, the first eco-landscaper in L.A. I graduated to become a real organic gardener, a farmer, a composter, and Norma was a former master gardener an educator who taught the Grow LA Victory Garden Program and moved on to become a real organic orchardist, soil consultant, and intensive urban food grower. Organically, of course. She is also a fabulous producer and the producer of this program. I'm throwing this background info in because I think it's important to know who you are becoming friends with. We consider all of our listeners friends and allies in our battle to change the world, make it a better place than we found it. So please, if you need to reach out to us, you can get us with questions or comments at Norma at thehealthygardenlifestyle.com or Randy at thehealthygardenlifestyle.com. We're friends, pals, comrades, and we're going to get further into tomato secrets next. Hey there, healthy lifestyle aficionados. Have you heard of Substack? It's a really cool platform where writers get to write and readers get to read and even get involved in a community like on my Substack website, Social Compost. It's where I post written and audio essays and articles that I call inputs. I cover topics from organic gardening, farming and food to culture, like a piece I wrote called The Disruptor, which has gotten a ton of reads. I also put up notes called The Garden Chicken Says. These are things that The Garden Chicken wants you to know. There's a lot of inputs in our world today, and I hope you'll check out and subscribe to mine at socialcompost.substack.com to join the commentary and the Social Compost community. Social Compost is your page to comment on and even join in on our Zoom chats. Subscribe today and get in on the conversation at socialcompost.com compost and that's one word dot substack dot com social compost dot substack dot com Canned tomatoes, fried tomatoes, 
stewed tomatoes, tomato bisque, tomato sauce, diced tomatoes, whole tomatoes, peeled tomatoes, tomato paste. People are nuts about tomatoes. There's even a whole bunch of people who have posted on TikTok about what you can do with tomato and toothpaste. Someone even posted a DIY on TikTok about repairing cracked heels, like the heels of our feet, using tomato paste and toothpaste. Legend has it that you can dump tomato juice on stuff to take out smells. So that's one side of the tomato obsession, the tomato products and what you can do with them. The whole other side is on the table. Can you imagine a party without salsa? Can you even imagine a world without the word salsa? That has to be a top 10 word in terms of understood words in any language. Salsa. 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 Viva la salsa. Mariachis, please. I love regular salsa, tomato salsa, salsa made with smoked tomatoes. What about jalapeno salsa with diced tomatoes and onion? Muy calor. Okay, I digress. This is not a podcast on salsa, although we could do that and maybe we should. And now, back to our regularly scheduled program, Tomato Secrets. Can you imagine moving day without pizza? In fact, can you imagine a world without pizza delivery? Or how about a world where big bowls of spaghetti and meatballs or fake meatballs didn't exist? That is not a world I want to be a part of. How about without bruschetta or bruschetta or whatever you want to call tomato, onion, and garlic over a crostini with a little olive drizzle and black pepper? That would be like having to face a firing squad or be in my 10th grade geometry class forever into eternity and the bell never rings. I shudder at the thought. I'm glad we live in a world that sells 364 billion pounds of tomatoes every year. Did you know that 89% of Americans like tomatoes? Tomatoes have more support among Americans than either political party. Maybe we should start the tomato party. That would probably be an improvement. I'd join the party where it's okay if you say tomato and I say tomato. Can't we all just get along? So, how did we get here? How did the tomato madness of 2023 come to be? Well, in 1519, Cortez discovered tomatoes growing in Montezuma's gardens and brought the seeds back to Europe. But that is not where the story began. That is where the modernization of the tomato began, very slowly. Tomatoes all came from a single species. Solanium lycopersicum. There are 16 wild varieties, which are all native to the coastal regions of Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Chile in South America, or Chile. They even found the wild tomato growing off of Ecuador on the Galapagos Islands. The wild tomato species had a blueberry-sized fruit and was believed to have been domesticated in South America some 7,000 years ago. 
but advances in genetic research on the tomate have indicated that cherry-sized tomatoes may have originated in Ecuador around 80,000 years ago and without any help from human beings. Over centuries, the ancient cherry tomatoes spread northward from bird and human migration to the area that was known as Mesoamerica or Middle America, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, or Nicaragua, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Belize, and finally up into southern Mexico. It was during this transition to the north that the tomato became larger and more like the modern tomato of today. This brings us back to the conquistador Hernán Cortés, who was immortalized in Neil Young and Crazy Horse's song Cortés the Killer. He came dancing across the water with his galleons and guns looking for the new world and the palace in the sun. He found that palace and destroyed an empire in the process. I cried when I first heard that song. I wish Neil Young just remained an artist and had kept his big mouth shut during COVID. He became a pawn in a civil war that never needed to be fought. Why can't artists just be artists sometimes? But I digress. It was in the 16th and 17th centuries that seafaring explorers, and I use that term very loosely, historically, that brought the domesticated tomato back to Europe. It was not the big hit that it is today. French botanist Tournefort provided the Latin botanical name Lycopersicum esculentum to the tomato, which means wolf peach. The botanist mistakenly took the tomato for the wolf peach referred to by the 3rd century Greek physician, writer, and philosopher Galen, who had written about an Egyptian plant with a strong-smelling yellow juice that apparently had been used to banish or destroy wolves. Our age of exploration botanists had mistranscribed the word from Galen as lycopersican, or wolf peach, and this up the lore of this famous nightshade fruit. The English word tomato comes from the Spanish word tomate, which came from Nahaltel, the Aztec language, and their word tomato. The word first appeared in print in 1595. As a member of the deadly nightshade family, tomatoes were erroneously thought to be poisonous, although the leaves are poisonous, but the Europeans were very wary and suspicious of their bright, shiny fruit. In Spain and Italy, they were known as palme de oro, which means yellow apples. Italy was the first European country to embrace and cultivate the tomato. The French, oh, we love the French on this show, referred to the tomato as palme de amor, or love apples, because of their alleged aphrodisiacal properties. Another big leap for the modern love and obsession with tomatoes came in 1897 when the soup mogul or soup magnet, Joseph Campbell, introduced condensed tomato soup to the world. That move set the ball rolling to make Campbell's tomato soup a household word. It also spurred on one of my favorites, Andy Warhol, and the 1962 synthetic polymer paintings of Campbell's soup cans 
that made him famous. Of note, it was the high acidic content of the tomato that made it a prime candidate for canning, which is one of the main reasons the tomato was canned more than any other fruit or vegetable by the end of the 19th century. That is why and how Campbell's Soup Company exploded on the world out of Camden, New Jersey in 1869. This brings us to the great debate. No, not that great debate, or even the first great debate. You should look them up. Interesting stuff. I'm talking about the great tomato debate. To avoid tariffs imposed by the United States. The Supreme Court ruled that the tomato be classified as a vegetable, not as a fruit, since it was mostly consumed in the manner of a vegetable rather than a fruit, which was usually used in desserts. Well, I think they got it wrong, but it is just another part of the secret and mysterious story of the tomato and how it got to the top of the charts for most of the 20th and 21st century. Next, we're moving on to some secrets about growing tomatoes. I'm not sure why more of the tomato and gardening experts don't teach you these two tricks. Next. Healthy gardeners, here are a couple of my tomato secrets that I do every summer. First, I compost twice in the first month at planting and two weeks later. That assures me a long, healthy plant that is strong enough to hold the future tomatoes. Next, I make sure to pluck any flowers that come until four weeks after planting. At the four-week mark, I do a compost tea drench using Malibu Compost compost tea for fruits, vegetables, and tomatoes. I use this four-pack of compost tea to continue drenching every two weeks. You can get the best organic farm-made and non-GMO compost and compost tea together at MalibuCompost.com. Get your organic vegetable garden package today. Ni contigo ni sin ti. Tienen mi pena remedio contigo porque me matas y sin ti porque me muero. Son palabras pasajeras, un día el viento se las lleva cuando aprendes a perder y sin perder la cabeza. Ser pirata de tu barco, surcar tu mar es un rato y ofrecerte todo lo bueno, pues el I don't know why the gardening gurus 
have kept what I'm about to tell you a secret? Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're just too cool for school. Tomato secret school. And they don't want anyone that's not in the secret tomato secret club to know about their secrets. I'm not much of an expert when it comes to being an expert. I'm almost an expert at making coffee pour overs in the morning, but that's only because I'm a coffee snob and usually I'm desperate for coffee in the morning. As you know or will come to know, I'm not big on experts. Being an expert seems to me like a lot of responsibility and I don't really like the connotation of the word. So let's sneak into the secret room, the secret vault, the secret handshake of tomato secrets. The first secret is very simple and one that I learned the hard way over time. Tomatoes grow much better in soil than in containers. That's in your native soil in the ground. Ta-da! That's it. I tried for years to grow tomatoes in raised beds with peppers and basil and even in their own wine barrels. And I never had the kind of success that I've had with tomatoes grown in the ground. Oh, sure. We got some tomatoes, but nothing like the taste and quality of the ones we grow in the ground. Some gardening experts, there's that word again, will tell you otherwise. I literally took this sage advice off of a major gardening company's website. They quote one of their gardening experts, a master gardener they hired from somewhere in the Midwest, who I will not name because it's not good form, to tell us how to grow tomatoes. Their expert says the following, Tomatoes thrive in pots. It's the conditions they need when you plant them in early summer. Warm days, warm nights, and warm soil stimulate growth. Small tomato plants set out in pots at the beginning of the summer will grow quickly and produce prodigiously. All kinds of tomatoes are appropriate for pots as long as the pots are of good size. Pots at least 20 inches across from the top and 24 inches across for tomatoes. Plastic pots are fine, she says, and terracotta pots are beautiful but lose moisture through the clay's pores. She ends her bit on how to grow tomatoes with pots made of plastic and other artificial materials because they will not dry out as quickly as clay. Yep, that sounds like expert advice to me. I found that my tomatoes wanted to stretch their roots deep into the native soil and that if you use a good 50-50 native soil to real organic compost mix, they can just do that. Stretch out. The other thing my tomatoes like is when I feed them a nice drench of real organic compost tea once a month. That means you'll tea them twice until they reach maturity in 65 to 85 days or so. By the way, if your tomatoes get powdery mildew like mine, give them a little foliar spray of the compost tea during that first drenching. A drenching is equal to a normal watering. And if you spray them early, you'll strengthen the plant against the fungal disease later on in their growing cycle. Now, that was a bunch of secrets 
in your first tomato secret. Let's continue on to the second tomato secret, which has something to do with a thing called bricks. I know it sounds like it, but it has nothing to do with Brexit, and there is nothing Anglophile about the word. Bricks and bricks levels are the measurement of soluble solid, which are the things in fruit that can be dissolved in water. Sugars, pectins, organic acids, and amino acids are the most prevalent soluble solids in fruit and vegetable juices, and all contribute to BRICS values. Sugar is the most abundant of the soluble solids, so BRICS values are primarily the amount of sugar in a fruit or vegetable. Sugar influences the sweetness and overall flavor profile of a fruit. The BRICS scale was created by Adolf BRICS in the mid-1800s. The scale is equal to the percent of dissolved solids in a solution. Today, we measure BRICS values with a relatively inexpensive instrument called a refractometer. Since today's secret has to do with tomatoes, what is the BRICS level of a tomato? Well, they can range from 2.3 to 8.2 for a large tomato. And with the smaller tomatoes, the BRICS level goes from 4.5 to 11.7 on the refractometer. So how do you get your tomatoes as sweet as you can before harvest? And that leads us to tomato secret number two. And here it is. Drum roll, please. Stop watering. That's it. You drop the watering before harvesting. Soluble solids increase during ripening because as the sugar increases, the acids decrease. And the acids tend to decrease always during ripening. That's why you don't want to pick your tomatoes before the maturity date, even if they started to turn color or taken on color. If you can avoid it, don't do it. I always lower my watering to the minimum, which is one to two times per week during the last three weeks of growth. Put your finger into the soil or use your moisture meter to see if the soil has dried out. It's okay if it does. Don't panic. Just water again and let it dry out again. This will help push the sweetness of your fruit. I've done this a lot of times and it works. My cherries, like our sun golds, are always the sweetest. I can't tell you how many times people have pulled one or ten off of the vine and said, they're so sweet, they're like candy. The same thing goes for the big heirloom tie-dyes and the beefsteaks. Pull that water back. Let those sugars build in the fruit and then harvest. You will have the sweetest tomatoes that you've ever grown and that will make any sandwich or salad an absolute masterpiece. That's it, gardening gang. Grow in ground and drop the water to push the bricks. Do that, and you will learn what I learned out in your tomato patch so that you can pass this on and hopefully pay forward these tomato secrets. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening. Thank you.